Johnson Wax Program with Fibber McGee and Molly. The makers of Johnson's Wax for home and industry present Fibber McGee and Molly, written by Don Quinn and Phil Leslie, with music by the King's Men and Billy Mills Orchestra. I've just been reading a long letter from a serviceman's wife, and I wish I could read every word of it to you. Those of us who still live in our own homes with our own furniture can't possibly realize the discomforts and extra work many of these service wives have to put up with. This lady writes that the first thing she and her husband do to make an unattractive furnished apartment clean and livable is to give everything a good shining coat of Johnson's wax. Here are her own words. When I was back home, I never appreciated the expression, her house just shines, because all my friends' houses shone. Now I know that until my own things come out of storage, the Johnson's Wax shine on the furniture is my biggest link with the quality and cleanliness I hope for someday. It adds dollars to the appearance of any atrocity it meets, and a fairly presentable piece will respond in a way to make any girl sing. Please, Mr. Wilcox, keep right on telling them. The families I've moved in after are people who haven't yet heard you. Thank you, service lady. I'll do my best to get everybody to use Johnson's Wax. barber is usually a bald-headed man who sells hair tonic. His customers are usually men who like their hair and the conversation cut short around the ears. Like the man in the chair right now, a Mr. McGee of Fibber McGee and Molly. So I'm writing President Roosevelt a letter, see? And in it, I'm saying to him, Dear Mr. President, look, kid, I got great ideas. Yeah, now, look, Nick, you told me how... Then in my own handwriting, which I am dictating to my wife because I don't write so somebody can read it, including me, <laughs> I'm going on to say, Look, I say, mm -hmm. the Army is needing plenty of ladies for nursing. Is not? Yeah, but... So, also we got thousands of guys who are too small on the eyesight for the draft, or maybe they got seven toes on one feet or something. <laughs> So I'm saying, why not take the rejectives and make them into guys for giving sick people the pills? Yeah, but if you don't mind, Nick, I Of just... course, so far up to now, President Roosevelt, he don't sending me the answer. Yeah. Which is all right. Mm. He's just as busy as me, I guess. <laughs> Maybe I better send a telegram to the Manpower Commission and say, how about a shampoo? How can you give the Manpower Commission a shampoo? That question was not for the commission. You, I'm asking. Huh? Oh, I need a shampoo? Everybody's needing a shampoo at the regular periods of the interval. Are you different? No, I guess not, Nick. Go ahead. Only after you shampoo it, put some dressing on it quick, because I got a natural part in my hair that runs from one ear across my head to the other ear. See, it looks kind of funny until it's plastic. <laughs> yeah, smart my hair. <laughs> after shampooing, we all... Hey, wait a minute. Uh, how much is a shampoo? Fifty cents? Seventy-five. What? Six bits just to wash a guy's hair? Those are the ceiling prices, kiddo. 
That we got posted on the wall because nobody can reach the ceiling to pull them up. Why, so... that's enough. <laughs> Why, that's a dirty jip. Seventy-five cents to whip up a lather on a guy's skull and rinse it off again. Why, you scissor bill. <laughs> you high-handed, low-minded brush bandit. I got a good notion to report you to the OPA. Now, wait a minute, Mr. McGee. Let's not lose our temperature just because... I won't can... wait a minute. Here's the four bits for my haircut, and you can take your shampoo and... The haircut was 75 cents, too. What? Another six bits for cutting off not enough hair to make a toupee for a tadpole? You got a lot of nerve. I'll wash my hair myself. Let me out of this chair. My George, any time you get me into this nest of thieves again, you'll have to threaten me more than with a razor. Well, just put the 75 cents on the counter, then, kid. Okay, Mr. McDonald, you're next. Step in the chair. Mm, six bits for a shampoo. That's the dirtiest way to get clean I ever heard of. So long, Dillinger. Six bits for a shampoo. Why, I'd shampoo the Dome of St. Paul's Cathedral for six bits. Compared with that guy, Jesse James was just a scared kid with a dry water pistol. I'll get his life. bits for a simple little shampoo. My gosh, I used to get my car washed for 80 cents. You must think I'm some kind of a yokel to sit still for a kind of a... All delight. right, dearie, all right, relax. Mm. You're home now, safe with Mother. Hey, Molly, you know what that Nick the Barber tried to do? That ham-handed scout gardener tried he to... He tried to charge you 75 cents for a shampoo. Yeah. And you stormed out of the shop and you're going to shampoo it yourself. Yeah, 75 cents for a... Hey, how'd you know? Well, the barber just called up. I lit the hot water heater right away so the water would be hot and you could shampoo your own hair. Oh, so he called up, did he? What did he want? He wants his apron back. Well, he... Huh? Here. Let me unpin it for you. Oh, my gosh. There. Boy, oh, boy, oh, boy. No wonder everybody looked at me so funny. Why, you look like a flat-chested Mother Hubbard, dearie. Hmm. I'll have uh, Beulah drop this bib off at the barbershop on her way home. Now sit down and relax. Gee, boy, am I embarrassed. Wearing that big apron all the way home. You must have really been angry, huh? Angry? One more word out of him and I'd have shoved his barber pole down his noisy old throat. Oh, dear. Six bits for a shampoo. Why, that's outrageous. I don't think that's so unreasonable. Oh. I always pay a dollar and a half myself. Though it's worth it not to have to sit there and hear the patriots talk about how much revenue the government is losing by closing the racetracks. Well, my gosh, Hello, I Mrs. McGee. Hello, Mr. McGee. Hello, Alice. Hi, Alice. You've been out in the wind, Mr. McGee? Your face is awfully red. <laughs> well, he had a little argument with the barber, Alice. He came home hotter than a depot stove. <laughs> well, my gosh, six bits for a shampoo at that barber shop. Don't you think that's ridiculous, Alice? Seventy-five cents? Yeah. Oh, it certainly is, Mr. McGee. They can't make any money at those prices. <laughs> I don't... <laughs> I don't know, Alice, why he doesn't wash his hair when he takes a shower anyway. Except that he's usually singing so loud he couldn't hear himself ask himself if he wanted to. <laughs> oh, well, I never hear him. But lately I've been so busy with my charts, I don't hear anything. What charts, Alice? You studying navigation so you can find your way home between the boys? <laughs> hey, that's not so bad. Between the boys. You see, if you spell it B-U-O-Y-S, it's a play on words. Hey, funny, McGee. <laughs> I was kind of pleased with it myself. <laughs> what charts, Alice? Oh, uh, my astrological charts. Oh. I was casting some horoscopes for some friends. I'll do yours sometime. Mm. Are you a Capricorn? 
Am I a Capricorn? I'm an elk and a legionnaire, and I'm oh. mighty proud of both. No, no, I mean, what month were you born in, Mr. McGee? Well, uh, he was born shortly before Thanksgiving, Alice. And all white meat he was, too. <laughs> oh, he's a Scorpio. What do you mean, I'm a Scorpio? A Scorpio is a big crab with a stinger in his stern. <laughs> and if you mean that I... No. <laughs> No, no, McGee. Uh, Scorpio is merely the sign under which you were born. I was not born under a sign. <laughs> I was born five miles west of Peoria on top of Kickapoo Hill. <laughs> Mr. McGee, now look, there are 12 different signs of the zodiac, see? Is that so? Yes, and everybody is born under the influence of certain stars and planets, depending on what time of the year you were born. I think McGee was born during an eclipse of the moon, Alice. <laughs> he throws such a big shadow. <laughs> oh, no fooling, Mr. McGee, it's very interesting. I've started to study astrology. Hmm? For instance, your horoscope for January warns that people born under this sign must not let themselves be imposed upon financially. Aha! You see, Molly, that barber was trying to impose on a Scorpio financially. <laughs> I knew all of it. Is Scorpio a good sign, Alice? Oh, Creeper is one of the best, Mr. McGee. Yes? Yes, but you must do as your horoscope says if you want to be happy. Yeah. You must control your temper, make allowances for other people, and follow through on any projects you have started. Like oh. washing your hair. Oh, is he going to wash his hair? I just washed mine. That's why I'm wearing this towel around my head. Oh, my gosh, is that a towel? <laughs> I was just about to tell you I thought that was the best-looking hat I ever saw you wear. How long ago did you wash your hair, Alice? Oh, I just finished. I'd have taken a bath, too, but the hot water is all gone. What? The water I was planning to use for my shampoo? Now, just a darn minute, Alice. What's the uh, idea? Uh, uh, Scorpio. <laughs> Control your temper. Make allowances. Yeah, I'm sorry, Mr. McGee. Oh, forget it, kid. <laughs> it's okay. Far be it for me to stand between you and Glamour. Use all the water you want. However. However what? However, if she don't want her pretty little neck wrung, she better light that water heater before I count to ten. One, two, three. I'm going. <laughs> and fascinating rhythm.
you think the water's hot enough yet so as I can have a shampoo it for It should be, dearie, although Alice used every drop of it, you know. Yeah, just like a woman. With three of them in the house, a man hasn't got a chance. Oh, now listen. Men are just as bad. Huh? When Uncle Dennis was staying here, he was always taking a shower. Oh, well, I didn't begrudge him, though. The only way he ever took water was through his skin. <laughs> well, my goodness. Oh, your water's probably hot enough now, McGee. Okay, I'll run up and have my shampoo before... Hey, tell Beulah to see that nobody turns off the heater for a while. I'll tell her right now. Oh, Beulah! Beulah! Somebody ball for Beulah? <laughs> I'm going to shampoo my hair, Beulah. <laughs> he got a little irked at the barber, Beulah. Thought he was being overcharged, so he's going to do it himself. Yeah, sir. But them poor barbers, they sure work hard giving folks the shampoo. <laughs> <laughs> they just wax their fingers to the bone. <laughs> Are you inferring that I have an ossified skull, my good woman? <laughs> oh, no, sir. <laughs> But my cousin, he's a Tom Sawyer artist. I hear a lot about how hard he works. <laughs> well, Mr. McGee doesn't need a Tom Sawyer artist. He had his out in 1928. <laughs> Tom refers to barbers, Molly. Oh. It's from the Greek, Tonsolasi Marabatorium, meaning the quickest way to a man's scalp is to take a shortcut. <laughs> well, for goodness sake, you university man, Mr. McGee. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> no, he isn't, Beulah, but he has an unusually well-rounded background, though. Yes, and I can see that. <laughs> you know what that big razorback wanted to charge me for a shampoo, Beulah? <clears throat> Seventy-five cents. <clears throat> Imagine that. Six bits for a gob of soap suds and a dash of slumeal number five. <laughs> that don't sound like no overcharge to me, sir. Barbers give you a real good shampoo. My cousin said four men in one day telling me I ought to charge at least a dollar. Four customers? No, ma'am. Four barbers. <laughs> yeah, that's what I thought. My barber's named Nick, and if he can't nick you with his razor, he'll nick you with the price list. Well, personally, I think barbershop prices are very reasonable, McGee. My cousin thinks so, too, ma'am. And he's the head of his class in barber college. Get a degree, Bueller? Yes, a Ph.D. Mm -hmm. Oh, for goodness sakes. Doctor of philosophy? No, ma'am. <laughs> Physiognomy is de-whiskered. <laughs> well, this isn't getting my curly locks beautified. See that nobody turns the heater off for a while, will you, Beulah? You want me to light it for you, sir? Oh, it is lit, Beulah. No, it ain't, ma'am. Excuse me. What do you mean? What? Well, I see the tank was full of hot water a little while ago, folks, so I embraces the opportunity to wrench out some window curtains. Oh. You mean it isn't hot now, Beulah? Right now, sir, it's as cold as a walrus's knees. Mm -hmm. Well, light the heater again, Beulah, if Mr. McGee still wants the shampoo. You're doggone right I still want a shampoo. Though I don't know why I need any hot water. The number of times I've been in a lather today, I ought to be as pure as a bookstore in Boston. <laughs> he ought to be as pure as a bookstore. <laughs> Love that man. <laughs> This is a fine state of how do you do? How do you do? Fine. How are all the... Look, now, this... <laughs> this is no joking matter, Molly. Gee whiz, a man can't get enough warm water in his own house to steam a monocle. If I ever build another house, I'll build it in Hot Springs, Arkansas. Well, 
Mr. Barber is probably just as perturbed as you are, McGee. He thinks you stole his apron. Well, it takes a thief to catch a thief. I'll tell him when he can get it back. And he should live so long. <laughs> Hand me the phone. Certainly, Scorpio. Here you are. And wear it in good health. <laughs> Thanks. Hello, operator. Give me Nick's Barbershop at 14th and... Okay, Mert. How's yourself? Oh, dear. It is, eh? What's eh, Mert? Your brother. Dropped 1,500 feet out of a what? Heavenly days, McGee. Was he killed? No, just amused. <laughs> He's a movie out operator. Dropped 1,500 feet out of Gone with the Wind and nobody even noticed it. <laughs> What's say, Mert? Okay, I'll call later. Fine's busy. Well, the water ought to be hot again half an hour or so, and you can get this shampoo over with, which will make me very happy indeed. Make you happy? My gosh, I've never been so exonerated in all my life. Everybody's stealing my hot water. You don't water. mean exonerated. You mean exasperated. Go on. Exasperated is when your time is up. Like when the time limit on a contract has exasperated. Nah, that's expiration. I thought expiration was when a guy put on a pair of fur pants and went looking for the South Pole or something. Are you thinking of exploration? Well, then what does exonerated mean? Exonerated is when you have, not, have been found not guilty of something. Well, who's been guilty of snitching all my hot water? Me? <laughs> no, sir. Everybody else in the house has been the one. Oh, hello, Mr. Wilcox. Hello, Molly. Hiya, pal. What are you scowling at? I'm living in a nest of water pirates, Junior. <laughs> you think this was the Mojave Desert, the way everybody steals water. Well, uh, somebody explain the situation to me. I came in late. Well, uh, he thought 75 cents was too much to pay the barber for a shampoo, Mr. Wilcox, so he came home to do it himself, and every time he gets a tank full of hot water, somebody uses it. Yeah, the way people glom onto it around here, you think it was the dew off the last rose of summer. Hey, look, pal, you're getting very irritable lately. Huh? Last week you were raving and ranting because nobody trusted your hand-picked mushrooms. Now you're sour-pussing around because you have to wait for a shampoo. What's the matter with you? Well, gee whiz. <laughs> McGee, Mr. Wilcox is right. Your temper is getting as ragged as a two-dollar retread. I can't help it. It's hereditary. If you think I'm nervous and irritable, you should have known my great-great-grandfather. Who was he irritable? Why? Well, he was just impatient. Couldn't wait for letters to be delivered and answered. Couldn't wait for anything. Kept saying, why don't somebody invent the telephone? What's everybody waiting for? <laughs> What's that guy Bell doing anyway? Why don't he get with us? <laughs> they say Grandpa was a terror. <laughs> well, that, that bad temper should have smoothed out in three generations, pal. What if you do have to wait a few minutes for some hot water? What's 20 minutes or less in a lifetime? Tell him what can happen in 20 minutes or less, Mr. Wilcox. Oh, you don't have to tell me. Why, in 20 minutes or less, pal, a Johnson's glow-coated linoleum dries to a perfect protective finish. Yeah. Restores new life and luster to the faded and worn surface. You gave him that opening, Molly. Whose side are you on, anyway? <laughs> Say, listen, sweetheart, we're all on the same side. Aren't you happy with our product? Well, no, not too happy. It don't spell anything backwards. <laughs> I, uh, look, Al, I was merely pointing out that 20 minutes or less can be a happy little period of time. Think of the housewife who pours a little Johnson's glow coat out on her tired old linoleum and spreads it around with a long-handled applier. Then think how the world brightens for her in just 20 minutes or less as the glow coat magically gives her kitchen floor a new lease on life. You ever spend 20 minutes or less in a dentist's chair, Waxy? Certainly. And well spent, too. You were? 
No, it was. Well, well, look, I didn't come in here to tell you how to improve the shining hours, pal. Uh, Nick sent me. Who? Nick, the barber. He said to tell you to keep that bib you walked out with. Well, that was very kind of him, I'm sure. Yeah, he said Fibber could keep it till spring when he comes in for his next haircut. So long now. Oh, he said that, did he? If he didn't give the best haircut in town, I'd never darken his hand towels again. <laughs> Bye, George. Hey, you think the water's hot again, Molly? Well, it should be, dearie. And this time, I don't think anybody will cheat you out of it. Well, they better not. The first mug, male or female, that lays a hand on a hot water faucet in this joint is going to get the... Come in. Oh, hello, Dr. Gamble. Hello, Molly. Hello, Mushmouth. <laughs> Hi, Doctor. Hey, you look kind of bushed. What you been doing? Treating the centipede for fallen arches? Oh, same old routine. Get to bed at 3 a.m., phone rings at 4.15. 5.30, a new little taxpayer starts squawking as loud as a full-grown one. <laughs> at 7, I'm back in bed. At 9, I'm back at the hospital trying to be patient with patients who are trying my patience. Well, you certainly look like you could use a good night's sleep, Doctor. I wish my father and mother had been grizzly bears so I could sleep till about April. As it is, I'm in and out of the hay like a Nebraska pitchfork. <laughs> Don't you even get time to shave? Haven't for two days. Just stopped in here because my car broke down the next block. Take them half an hour to fix it. You know what? What, Doctor? I'd give my right eye, that's the one with the evil leer in it, <laughs> for a hot shower and the use of McGee's no-doubt dull razor. Got any hot water in the house? Why, uh... Well, uh... Uh... Hot water? Yeah, hot water. You know, that stuff you toss a bone in to make soup. Why, certainly, Doctor. As a matter of fact, we just heated a tank full. Yeah, you see, uh, we... I see you are two lovely, charming people. Mm -hmm. And now, if you'll excuse me, I shall run upstairs and swab the frame. If you hear a rusty clatter, pay no attention. It'll be my pores opening. Mm. Well, say it, McGee. Yeah, and go back to vaudeville. Here are the King's Men with the Whistler's Song. Whistle all the day, you will find the sun is shining while you whistle your blues away. Like a symphony of the birds and the bees and the sigh of the trees in the morning. Whistle all day long, the clouds on high will say goodbye and lazily roll along. Whistle loud and clear, all the world will be bright if you start the day right in the morning. See the sunbeams dancing around so happy and gay, hear them saying, isn't this a wonderful day? Whistle all 
Hope you don't mind. Where's McGee, Molly? Out in the kitchen, Doctor. You feel better now? My dear, I feel so much better that with a little luck I can get through the day without folding up like a summer resort card table. <laughs> Thanks for the hospitality. Not at all, Doctor. And the man came to the door and said your card would be ready in about ten minutes. Ah, it's a wonderful world we're living in, isn't it? As I told one of my patients who had sat on a darning needle, why worry? Everything comes out all right in the end. <laughs> What's McGee doing? Well, he's just sitting there with his shotgun across his knee. A shotgun across his knee? Yes. What's the idea? Going to flush a covey of quail out of the icebox? <laughs> no, he's just making sure that... Uh, well, it's a long story, Doctor. And if it's about your husband, I'd like to hear it. He's a fascinating little character. Well, it started in the barber shop. The barber was going to charge him 75 cents for a shampoo, and McGee thought it was too much. He would. McGee thinks no more of a quarter than I do of my third cervical vertebra. Yes. And he came home to give himself a shampoo. But Alice used all the hot water, and he waited and heated some more. And then Beulah used all the hot water, and he heated some more, and... I get it. You got it. <laughs> well, my epidermis is more important than his scalp, if only because there's more of it. But what's this about the shotgun? Well, after you took your bath, he lighted the heater again. Now he's sitting there guarding it with his shotgun. He says anybody who steals this batch of hot water is going to be so full of lead... You could use them to write a letter to your Aunt Minnie. Well, I haven't got an Aunt Minnie, but my sister Gertrude would be happy to get a postcard. <laughs> tell McGee I'm very sorry that... No, no, I'll tell him myself. Where's the kitchen? Through this door? No, no, here. no, please don't. What's the matter? That's the hall closet. Oh, I see what you mean. Yeah, sure. Uh, will you excuse me while I smoke a hot water pipe of peace with your bitter half? Well, I'll do better than that, Doctor. I'll come with you. Right this way. You know, it really has been exasperating for him, Doctor. And you know how he is when he sets his mind on doing something. I do indeed. He follows through like a broken garter. <laughs> Shall we knock? I do. Who is it? <laughs> your best friend and severest critic. Or, reading from left to right, your wife and your physician. Okay, come in. Oh, hi, Doc. Feel better? Infinitely. Mm -hmm. I'm sorry I used your hot water, my boy. In extenuation, I can only plead my ignorance of the situation. I told him how many times you'd lost the hot water, dearie. No, that's okay, Doc. But believe me, I'm making sure of this tank full. Anybody lays a hand on this water is going to wind up as full of holes as a German treaty. Is your car fixed yet? Well, it will be any minute. I just dropped back here to say goodbye and thank you for a delightful dunk. Mm. Well, I'll go out with you and see you get started all right, Doc. I don't think anybody will swipe this water now. I've warned them enough... McGee, now, it. please be careful with that gun. Okay. I'll just set it down here in the corner. Oh! Heavenly days, McGee. Look what you did. What a neat third-act curtain, my boy. Oh. You blew a hole right through the hot water tank. <laughs> Why, this is impossible. The gun wasn't even loaded.
Maybe I should read you another short paragraph from the service wife's letter I mentioned earlier. Wherever I go, she writes, I'm just one of your lieutenants. Long before we get all the hooks where we want them or all the woodwork cleaned, we have the kitchen and bathroom floors washed and glow-coated. And honestly, the saddest of crack linoleum can look at least some better with glow coat. Yes, it can, as many of you other ladies have discovered. But the tragedy of it all is, that same linoleum would still be looking very much like new if it had been protected with glow coat from the beginning. The gradual destruction and ruin of linoleum surfaces caused by continual scrubbing and neglect is tragic and so unnecessary. Johnson's self-polishing glow coat actually saves work. It needs no rubbing or buffing, makes cleaning so easy, and its regular use makes linoleum last six to ten times longer, besides making it more beautiful. My, my, your hair certainly looks nice since you had your shampoo, McGee. Yeah, it sure does, doesn't it? And we're sorry we had to make you keep your barbershop open after hours, Mr. Nick. Forget it, sweetsies. I couldn't lock the door till I got out of here anyway. Good night. Good night. Good night, all. <laughs> this is Harlow Wilcox speaking for the makers of Johnson Wax Finishes for Home and Industry, inviting you all to be with us again next Tuesday night. Good night. This is the National Broadcasting Company.